What is going on, guys? This is Brendan Burns, and welcome to The Brendan Burns Show. Join me as I interview, dissect, and share the stories of high performers who have created the life that they deserve on their terms. I sit down with speakers, professional athletes, and successful entrepreneurs from all over the world who have chosen to live a life of fulfillment and joy over status and money. In each episode, I share actionable strategies that you can implement in your life, plus inspiration along the way. So come join me for this episode of The Brendan Burns Show. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us today for this episode of The Brendan Burns Show is Beaver Fleming, a professional skateboarder, world traveler, speaker, influencer, and self-declared life liver. Starting his journey in Knoxville, Tennessee with a passion for skateboarding, he moved to California at the age of 17 with the intent to achieve professional status by attending Woodward West for his senior year of high school. During that time, he worked hard, progressed, and caught the eye of Travis Pastrana, FMX athlete and action sports icon, who invited him to be a part of the Nitro Circus. Since then, he has traveled the world as being part of the live show, starred in the action figures movies, landed many world's first tricks, and been the exclusive Nitro skater in appearances on TV and media. Along with Nitro Circus, Beaver has been competing professionally with a three times best trick, winning at Simple Session in Estonia, setting the high air record at Bondi Beach Bolarama, and a huge second place finish at the 2017 Nitro World Games with a world's first. You're going to have to tell me what this is. Cork 720 Christ Air, which he calls the Tennessee Tornado, as an homage to his roots and home state. Beaver, welcome to the show, my you. friend. Thank you, Brendan. So stoked and honored to be here. Dude, it is my pleasure. And um, I know we are both in San Diego, yep. right? And uh, I recently had Laird Hamilton on the podcast. So yep. I think that's how we got connected, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I listened to the show with Laird, always looked up to him. And uh realize wait we go to the same church let's uh let's hang out let's get connected it is such a funny coincidence because yeah. i know um you know one of my friends mark and i surf a lot and i think he mentioned you and going surfing together yeah and then right after you reached out or however we got connected on instagram uh-huh mark then again while we were trying to find a time was like dude you should have this guy beaver on your show he'd be perfect oh wow and i was like yeah we're already <laughs> doing it that's awesome yeah <laughs> So, uh, yeah, super stoked, but, um, let's go back in time. Like we were talking a little bit offline. You kind of always liked sort of competing, but like more on your own. How yeah. did you first get into skating? So I first got into skating. I was probably like nine or 10 years old. My, I have an older brother. He's three years older and he got the Tony Hawk pro skater video game. Yeah. And at that time that was the game to have, but being the older brother, he wouldn't let me play, but I could watch him play. So I'm sitting there watching him all day long. And I'm like, dude, this looks like the coolest thing ever. And then I remembered that he had a skateboard uh, that he got for Christmas. And I pulled it out of the garage one day. And then my neighbor actually gave me a board that was in better shape. And I've pretty much been skating ever since. Wow. And how old were you? I was like 10, I think, nine or 10, oh, somewhere okay. in there. Yeah. And when you like first got on the board, did you fall off right away or you were natural? Oh, yeah. oh okay. Absolutely. No, skateboarding is hard, man. Like yeah. that board wants to go every which direction. Right. It takes such coordination and balance. And so 
not having any idea or board sport background, I, I would fall a lot, but that's what helps you learn. You're like, okay, I was leaning too far that way. I need to lean this way. It really teaches you cause and effect, like in real time, like quick, like you get rewarded if you stand on the board well and do the trick well, like you get to land a trick and you're pumped on yourself. But if you don't, you get to eat it and then, uh, you know, get some road rash and then you move on and keep going. <laughs> that's awesome. Man. Yeah. So you're about 10 years old. Mm -hmm. Did you have an idea about your own athleticism before you got on the board, like participating in school sports and being like a standout athlete in other areas? Or did your athleticism kind of come with the board and come with skating? I always had a respect and admiration for all sports and loved the idea of being an athlete, you know, working hard, developing yourself and being able to achieve great things. And when I found skating, I was playing soccer, I was playing football, baseball, all those things, but I had to rely on a team to be invested in it as well. Whereas skating, it was like, if I wanted to take it somewhere, that was my decision. And I got to do that. I didn't have to rely on, Hey, is the goalie going to be in the game today? Or is the forward going to be in the game? It's like, no, it's all on you. How far do you want to go with it? And so I remember specifically like being on a trip on a soccer trip when I knew skating was my, was my path. Uh, my dad didn't want me to bring my board because we were at a soccer tournament. And I'm like, well, there's an empty pool at this hotel. I don't even know if it was skatable, but in my head it was. And I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm over this because all I want to do right now is skate, not play soccer. And uh, yeah, that was pretty much that turning point and, and went all in. That's so cool, man. And and like, I guess maybe you were too young potentially to know, but when you were about 10 and you were playing soccer and these other sports, mm -hmm. were you kind of a standout athlete in those arenas also? Or were you just kind of like average and then skating is where you really kind of explode in athleticism? I definitely, I remember I'd win like the, the kind of the, in like the spirit awards of the the things, you know, they'd be like, man, he gave us all. I, I was always all in. I don't know what that came from. I think it was kind of subconsciously from my dad. I, I had a really um, amazing dad. He's awesome. He, and whatever he does, he goes all in and kind of taught me and my brother that like, whatever you do, just be invested you know have passion for it and i think i saw that and was like oh well i can activate this in sports and that's where i started to like develop that skill um but then when it came to skating i i always say i don't think i was necessarily like more gifted than anyone else i think others might have had more natural ability but i would be out there for eight nine hours a day and just going for it wow yeah so what was it about skating that had you so captivated and enraptured by it for that long of a period of time without getting bored or wanting something else? Man, I, I just remember again, going back to the video game, like you would watch these guys on the videos and they were literally flying. And I think all humans want to fly. Like we've been obsessed with flying for so long. Like think about the Wright brothers, right? They're trying to figure out the airplane and we've always been so enamored by birds and things that can fly. And so I'm watching these guys hit these ramps and it looks like they're flying. And so in my head, I'm like, dude, I want to learn how to do that, whatever it takes. And so I would skate. And before we had ramps or anything, I was like dropping in on curbs. And in my mind, like thinking it was a vert ramp, like a huge 14 foot half pipe. And I'm like dropping in on this one foot curb. And then I'm like trying to launch off the other side, maybe a half an inch in the air. But in my head, I'm soaring. And it's just one of those funny things. And I've even looked back at some footage of being a kid. And I'm, I'm like, wow, in my head, I really was already seeing before I knew, like, I kind of knew before I knew that I was going to be where I'm at. And, and I attest that to God. Like, honestly, I believe that dreams are given to us as a source of inspiration to get into action on that dream. And so I had that dream as a kid, whether I was able to do these tricks or not in my head, I was doing them. And then now, like, I even think about it when I go to the skate park, I'm like, dude, 
I remember telling myself I was going to do these tricks and I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, and I want to hear also about kind of your parents, especially yeah. maybe your mom, like mm -hmm. skating is a dangerous sport. Yeah. You know, I have an electric skateboard downstairs. <laughs> Actually, I actually have a boosted board. Okay. Yeah. And I have torn that thing up. I've gotten knocked around. Yeah. Torn yeah, yeah. I hit a car one time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Or the car hit me and yeah, like ran go. off, like, <laughs> you know, hit and run. Hit and, yeah. It was a hit and run in New York <laughs> City. <laughs> um, thank God. You know, I had my helmet on. There you it, was, go. it was all good. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a dangerous sport. Absolutely. So were your parents like full blessing, do whatever you want? Like at first they didn't really understand it. And that's, again, we, we grew up in Knoxville, Tennessee and action sports isn't as prevalent as it is here in Carlsbad. You know, we've right. got 15 kids skating down the street, you know, riding e-bikes everywhere. Um, there maybe only three people that really skated at my high school, like skateboarding wasn't huge. And so they didn't really understand it, but once they saw how invested I was into it, and that's what I wanted to do, they sent me in the summer to action sports camps, Woodward, and then also would take me to competitions kind of regionally. And then, you know, it got to the point where my dad hired these guys from Texas to come and build a ramp in our backyard because there wasn't any ramp builders around. So he saw these guys, found them on the internet and was like, all right, I'm going to support this. So we got an eight foot half pipe in the backyard. And so again, I'm so thankful that once they saw I was invested and serious about it, they gave me their full blessing on it. And even skating being dangerous, like my mom, she just gets into it. She just wants to see me do what she knows I can do. Yeah. So like, there's been footage of me at the X games and like, I see my mom and like, she's just like, Oh, come on, do it, do it. <laughs> like rather than being scared, like yeah. hiding behind her hands, like she's like, dude, I just want to see him do it. I don't care that he's 50 feet in the air. Like I want to see him put that down. Come on. Yeah. Dude. So it's, it's definitely been such a blessing and really helped uh, kind of encourage me on my path. Yeah, for sure. And so, okay. So you're like getting into it around the age of 10. Yeah. When did you start to realize like this might actually be a career and mm -hmm. not a hobby? Yeah, kind of as I was turning into high school, I, I just loved it. And there was a few friends that I had that skated and they started going down a different path and not skating as much, wanted to party, hang out with girls, whatever. But I was like, man, I don't want to let like this instant gratification stop me from what's already a far-fetched dream. I knew being a professional skateboarder living in a small town was like a million to one shot, but I'm like, I want to go all in. I don't want to look back at life and be like, man, I traded it for that instant gratification. And for the now I want to, I want to be able to like pace myself and just go all in on this dream I have. And so it kind of helped me grounded it, stay grounded in that way. And, um, it really just helped me create these values of like discipline and diligence and anything that makes you successful, right? You, you build these things and, whether I knew it at the time or not, I, I, again, I knew before I knew that this is what I wanted to do. And so I was competing at that age, about 14 in these regional contests. And then when I was probably 16, there's this huge contest called the Tampa Am. And I ended up placing third in it. And I was like, wow, this was a huge competition. I don't even live where the discipline I was in was the big half pipe, like the 14 footers. I don't even live in a state that has one and I'm already placing third. Like if I can get out to one, man, who knows what can happen. And so that's when I was becoming 17. What's up, Karma? Yeah. Dogs in <laughs> oh, oh, we got a UPS truck. That's what it is. Spotted. Dude, you got some stuff coming. You know, she's 13. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. When I'm 13, I don't have that much energy. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I uh, know, but that's pretty sick, man. So you're like at, it was in Florida. Yeah. In yep, Tampa. In Tampa. Yeah. So you're at the, what was it like to look at that ram and be like, oh, I'm competing on something I've never even been on before? I've been on them before. Been on them. Yeah. Just but we just them. didn't have access to train on it like wow. all the time. So I was like, man, if I can get on one of these and I'm already placing third, then 
game on. We're good. Wow. And how yeah. old were you when that? I, I was about 15. And then that's when the, the Woodward U came about the, the boarding school out of action sports camp. And so convinced my parents to again, support me. And my dad, literally, this is a God story. He was working somewhere and then, um, ended up getting another job that the cost of tuition was what he got more like his extra pay at that new job. Wow. And it required him to move to Oklahoma and send me out to California. So big ups to my dad for making that sacrifice and God for just blessing him in that, like, Hey, I want to provide this opportunity for my son. And, um, yeah, I mean, miracles are always in motion for those that are willing to take the steps and, and trust God. That's so good. Yeah. So did you go to high school? It was your, like your last year of high school? Yep. Senior year. And so did, who'd you live with? Or was it, it was boarding a boarding school. school. Boarding yeah. School. yeah. Boarding <laughs> school. So I, and I was leaving everything, you know, my family, my dad got that job in Oklahoma. So my mom's coming with him. We're leaving Tennessee. Like it's gone. So everything I was familiar with friends, family, all that stuff. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. But again, I had that dream. And that's when I really think my faith walk went from being on my parents' faith. I was blessed to grow up in a Christian home, but it really, I was like, okay, I'm going to start praying for myself, experiencing this. Cause I, I don't know. I'm scared. I was terrified, you know, leaving everything you're 17 years old and you're yeah. moving across the country for, for this hope and this dream. And I'm like, God, if I'm going to do this, I got to do it with you. Come on. Yeah. So where, where in California was that? Uh, to Hatchapi. Okay. What's that near? Uh, near Bakersfield. What's that near? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's like I was it's, from it's New York. It's the middle of nowhere. It's like middle of the state type. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. It's about two hours from LA. Two yeah. hours inland from LA. and north. Yeah. Yeah, this is pretty hot. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Middle of the state. Yep. Get out there. Get out there. Is it all like bushy blonde Californians, or is it people from all over? Kind of all over. All it's kind of like a retirement community in a sense. Yeah. There's okay. like this golf course up there, and um. Yeah, then they have the action sports compound. So it's pumping in the summer, but in the off season, it's pretty, pretty barren. Okay. Yeah. So you get out there. Yep. Did you love it and make a million friends or was it more like? There was maybe 15 kids oh, in the small. curriculum. So super small. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I mean, we got skateboarders and BMXers and you know what I mean? And yeah. unfortunately, I mean, another God thing that was the only year that school was even running was my senior year. So I truly believe that that was put there for that purpose. Um, just a one year. Just a one year deal. Wow. I think they did two years, but I only did the senior. And then. I mean, they're a full-time summer camp, so they just couldn't sustain right. running a full boarding school, but yeah. Wow. So yeah. what was the biggest thing you learned in that experience? In that experience, um, I just learned so much. I mean, on my skateboard physically, but also, you know, finishing up school, school, something that not everyone's psyched on. And obviously wanting to be an athlete, you're like, oh, do I really have to do this? But what it taught me was doing it on your own terms. Uh, it was an online curriculum and I knew, okay, if I work hard for the first three hours, I'm done. I can go skate for the rest of the six hours of daylight we got. And so it kept me grounded in that. I'm like, oh, if I just get these assignments done, I can go and skate. Whereas other kids weren't too into the school aspect. And so they'd be there all day in the little classroom we had and trying to get their assignments done. But it, it again, developed that discipline in me to, you know, do what you got to get done, done so you can go and play and and do what you want to do. And it it worked well for me. I ended up, you know, finishing graduating high school and uh, having decent grades and, you know, learning all these new tricks and getting ready for the career that was about to begin. Wow. So yeah. we're going to jump right back into that. I have a question from the audience. Though. Ooh, oh, well, we do. Multiple people have asked this. Okay. Is your real name Beaver? Ooh, 
It is not. Oh, it is not. I was going to say, you know, forget <laughs> McConaughey, forget the NFL guys. You're my best guest ever. Just on the name. <laughs> Just on the name. No, but yeah. it's the coolest nickname I've ever heard. Awesome. Because you yeah. have your own emoji dedicated to it. I do. That's, got, that is pretty legit. Yeah, I, need, I need to utilize that more. Oh, my God. Chloe yeah. texted me, uh -huh. who you just met, our producer. Yeah. She goes, uh, beaver emoji yeah. is confirmed. Let's and I go. knew exactly what you're saying. Oh, that's about. so awesome. <laughs> yes. Uh, what's your real name? Christopher. Christopher. So Christopher. when did Beaver become? Beaver began, I, I don't even know. Like we were watching home videos last year at Thanksgiving and I was even younger than my parents had initially thought. I was like maybe four or five. Yeah. And uh, it just came like, leave it to Beaver, the TV show. Right. Yeah. Like I had the older brother. He had, you know, the friends that would kind of, I wanted to be cool with them, but then I would do something and just some crazy adventure or story would happen. Like leave it to Beaver. And, uh, it just stuck and it's worked out well for me. So I wow. love it. Yeah. We got even the Beaver board. Let's go. Yeah. Man. We got to so. get that in the shop before we wrap. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so I was going to ask another question, you know, California at least and the surf culture, like I've watched a bunch of the documentaries, Kelly Slater, Laird and everything. Mm -hmm big like drinking and drug scene around yeah. some of these board sports yeah did you ever encounter that or i'll probably not experience it i'm just curious mm -hmm. overall like yeah no thankfully like i was telling you when when i was making that transition from middle to high school i ended up going to a different high school than a lot of my friends and the friends that i grew up skating with all kind of went down that path and i was like i don't want to let something like that tear me away from my dream from my goal and just saw what it would do to my friends and other people that were close and i'm like I just, I had no desire and I'm so thankful to God for that. Cause I mean, again, I was so fixated on, on what I wanted and what I knew could potentially, like, even if there was a glimmer of hope that it could happen, I was going to just trust that and like make that sacrifice then. And, um, even in the skate culture, yeah, there's been so much of that going on, but I really now feel like, a you know, I'm sure as you've experienced in life, people, you just seem so broken you know, when they're trying to party and fill these different voids. And I, I've just found that peace in Christ. And I'm like, man, I just want to be a light to these people and encourage them, have no judgment on them, but just trust, you know, like, Hey guys, like, what are you going through? That's making you feel you need to numb this right now. Right. And, um, it's been fun. I've had a lot of encounters with people and kind of encourage them to take a different approach or, or let some of that stuff go. So it's been exciting. That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, when I was working on wall street, it yeah. was all over the place and I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. And like, thank God it just was something that never kind of, I had to experience encounter. I always tell people I'm a, I was a horrible drug and alcohol addict. Like, okay. I never did drugs yeah. and alcohol never kind of latched. I never latched onto that. Right. Or latched onto me. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm super grateful about that. Yeah. But um, no, that, that's cool, man. So, uh, all right. So you're, you're in the high school. Yep. Talking to the fam on the phone this is before <laughs> FaceTime. Right? Oh yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. And then what happens next? So what happens next? Um, I'm praying to God literally, uh, in probably March at the time. I'm like, God, I know I'm not at the level where I'm competing professionally, but I just pray that you would open a door. And I'll never forget that. I was coming to the end of my high school career at Woodward. Didn't know if I was going to go back home, try and live in Tennessee going to meet my parents in Oklahoma, where I was going to go, what I was going to do. And uh, a couple weeks later, Travis Pastrana, his wife's a pro skater, Lindsay, come up to camp and I'm just skating. I'm just doing my thing. And before I even talked to him, like obviously Travis Pastrana, Tony Hawk, Dave Mira made action sports what it is. Mm -hmm. X Games, all the, like those were the top guys. And I looked up to him so much. I'm like, dude, it'd be cool to meet that guy. Yeah. And then he's videotaping me. He's filming me. Come on. Before I even introduce, like get introduced to him. 
And then I'm doing these tricks into the foam pit. And he's like, dude, I've never seen anyone skate the way you skate. He's like, I know I'm into moto, but what you're doing is amazing. And uh, invited me right then, got his contact info. And he sent an email to the tour director of Nitro Circus. And they're like, can you be uh, coming to Australia for our tour in May? And I'm like, absolutely. So no joke, my 18th birthday, I'm on a flight to Australia for my first tour. And now 10 years later, I'm still touring with Nitro. Let's go, man. Yeah. All right. So when he saw you, what do you think it was specifically that he saw in you that he like? I I think, again, just that that determination, you know, I was trying some tricks and like trying it on like the resi ramp, what they call it. It's like foam with like a layer of plastic over it. So you don't get as smashed when you fall, but I was trying this trick and trying this trick and trying this trick and he was filming it and he was encouraging me. And I think he just saw that, that determination, you know, um, things like that are just infectious. I feel no matter where you're at, when you see someone just keep doing something, whether they're close or not, you have to admire it. And, uh, I, I think he saw that and was like, man, that's what it, that's what it takes. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, man, I've been to Japan a couple times. Okay. And the this almost reminds me of the sushi chefs. Oh. When they bring out like the the major size tuna, like hundreds of pounds. <laughs> and it's like they're there at the fish market at 4 a.m. for the auction mm-hmm. every morning. Wow. And they have these thousand dollar knives and they have hundred thousand dollar freezers that freeze it at like negative two hundred degrees. Oh my so when they defrost it, it's like fresh, basically. Yeah. And they've just like so studied their craft and they're mm. so passionate. Yeah. Because they always say like, well, why does Tokyo have more Michelin star restaurants when Paris, London, and New York City combined? Wow. I think it's the same thing is that that care, that excellence, the determination yep. to be the best mm-hmm. can can outdo the talent or the natural. Yes, yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just working and, and being passionate about it, really being invested. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's say this guy, Travis, yep. doesn't show up. <laughs> right yeah. you do your camp you go back to oklahoma or tennessee yeah what do you think you would be doing if you didn't fall into the professional or create i don't want to say yeah. fall into it mm-hmm. but what do you think you'd be doing i have no idea honestly and, and that was kind of the thing even with my dad it was kind of hard for him like as supportive as he was and we still talk about it to this day he even says man you taught me so much about not having a plan b yeah. and just going all in on what you believed was possible um because he actually he kicked um football in college wanted to be a pro kicker. And he's like, had I worked as hard as you work, I would have made it. And so it, it was really a cool thing. And I mean, I honor my dad for being humble enough to admit it. Cause a lot of dads, you know, in that generation are just so like, no, this is what I say. This is what I say. And this is what goes. And he's like, man, no, I think I would have done it had I been like you. And I just admire that in you. And it's, it's just been such a cool thing. And I think we have a deeper relationship now through that and, um, having those conversations and, uh, it's, it's cool, man. I, I really don't know what I would do. And I kind of love that because I truly believe that all things are possible. You know, we, we read that in the Bible, all yeah. things are possible for those that believe. And yeah. again, it comes to taking that belief and not saying, oh, I believe it, but actually, no, because I believe this, I'm going to work like it's going to be possible. And taking that belief into our hands and our feet and, you know, daily making that sacrifice. All right. If I believe this, I'm going to have to wake up and go for it. I'm going to have to wake up and let the rubber meet the road and, and move forward, you know, put the, put the needle down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting. Cause I've had numerous NFL players on this podcast Yeah, and a lot of them were not stars in college. Right. You know, one of the guys wasn't even drafted. Wow. He was a undrafted free agent rookie picked up by the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. And then had an opportunity to start and became, you know, it's like, yeah, created that through his work ethic. Yeah. Wow. You know? And so obviously it sounds like you versus your dad, you mm-hmm. know, similar situation. Yeah. 
And I think too, like, like you're saying, if Travis never came, like what would happen? I think another opportunity for sure. I mean, um, have you seen that movie American underdog? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I saw that on the plane at the beginning of this tour and it wrecked me. And I was like, wow, like he missed his opportunity like four times. Right. And then got another one. And he was like, and I, and I look up to people like that that are older in their craft. Like I've been studying recently, not that I'm old, but I'm 28. And, um, you know, I want to skate for as long as possible. I want to be able to compete for as long as possible. I want to be at a high performance. So I'm looking at guys like Laird Hamilton, um, Bucky Lassick in skating, who's 50 and still competing in X Games. And then wow. Tom Brady, looking at these guys that are not just great, but great into age. Yeah. And uh, that movie, Kurt Warner, you know, like he's in his 30s before he ever even comes close to a Super Bowl. Right. And a lot of people would think an NFL career would be over. And so I'm like watching this and it's like, Man, stories like that are so inspiring of how can you continue to keep the faith, believe, but let that belief come into action and work hard. Yeah. So going back to the work ethic specifically yeah. that you had that, you know, do you feel like that is innate in people and they just like are born with it? Or do you feel like that can be created and built? What's your perspective? Because I've had people come on my podcast yeah. and be like, hey, Brandon, I'm having a hard time. Like when I do Q&A episode, yeah. they're like, I'm having problems with procrastination. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what to say to that. Because I, I feel like I'm like you where I'm just right. like, I'm always kind of driven and taking action. Yeah. I, I definitely think it's something that can be cultivated, but I think you have to be willing and be aware. And I think one of the killers of it is entitlement, if I'm honest. In our generation and in yeah. our culture in America, we're so entitled. Yeah. Um, you see so many people, especially in the skate world right now, the Brazilians are going crazy and Japan, like skateboarding is now in the Olympics. And so some of these countries that may have not had opportunity are going crazy. Whereas here in America, we have more skate parks than anywhere else in the world and people can kind of get complacent with it. And I, I think that's the same thing with life. It's like, I view life as a gift. And I think the, the Holy Spirit showed me at one point, I was just praying into it. And I'm like, when, whenever you treat a gift with complacency, you remove the value from the gift. And so that's why people have depression. That's why people commit suicide because they feel their life has no value. But really, if we can honor that gift, cherish that gift, think about it like a car, right? You buy a brand new car and you're so psyched on it, but you drive it off a lot, it depreciates. But when you take care of that car, even an old car, if you restore that car, you put the time, you put the energy, you work and care for that car, it can be worth more than it ever was if you're willing to do that and put it in. And I think we all have that ability each and every day. But yeah. are we willing to honor the gift life is? That's good, man. Yeah. So um, so you get this opportunity yep. to go to Australia. You're <laughs> yeah. 18. Yep. Have you ever left the country? Um, I'd been to Mexico okay. like, with my family on vacation, but Mexico, the resort style. So right. No. Right. Like Americanized yeah. Mexico. Yeah, I hadn't left the country if I'm honest. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. What was that like? How long? What, yeah. Just walking through that. Dude, it was crazy. Yeah. Going by myself out there, not really knowing what to do. And I'll never forget. Like I was even on a flight delay. Uh, we had an early storm. So I'm on my first flight like later. So I don't even get a day of practice or just straight in. And I don't know what's going on. I know a couple of guys in the crew, but not really. And I'm still looking at all these people like guys I looked up to. And now I'm in a show with them. Like they had Bob Burnk was there skating, you know, X Games legend. And yeah. I, I was the other skater there. And I'm like, wow, I'm with Bob. Like, dang, this is incredible. And so, but I'll never forget. I was nervous as all get out before the show. But the very first guy that dropped in on a BMX bike crashed, like went in the air, threw his bike, nowhere near landing it. And the crowd erupted. And in that moment, I was like, wow. So you don't have to land this and people are still going to go crazy. And it took all the pressure off. 
And wow. so that's what's cool about it. Like the show is so different from a competition where you just got to nail your run. It's like, man, you can try stuff. And people really like that, like seeing the failure, seeing you mess up and then walk back up those stairs and get it done. And it, it's something special. And I think Nitro Circus, the reason it's been so successful, you never see the same show. Like every night, someone is trying something that's never been done before, whether it be on BMX bike, skateboard, motocross, like you never get the same show because something new is always going down and it keeps that passion and people relate to seeing the crash, but seeing you come back in and remain victorious. Wow. Yeah. So, so yeah, one of the things I was going to ask you earlier, yeah. now that we're talking about crashes <laughs> is what's been, and maybe it wasn't even like a live show. What's been your worst accident or injury? Okay. Skating? Yeah. Yeah. My worst injury actually uh, a couple years ago, I think four years ago now we were in Australia and it was actually the day before our tour started. Like we had a show and we had a day of practice and the ramps weren't done yet. So we were going to go to the skate park and I'm like, okay, well, let's go skate end up doing nothing crazy just went to bail out of a trick it didn't feel right so i kicked my board and try and run out of it and my knee just buckles and i had no idea what i did but i ended up tearing my acl ripping the meniscus off the bone like brutal thing and ended up having to get back on a flight have full reconstruction surgery and yeah it was rough it was about six months off the board wow yeah six months isn't bad for not like, terrible for an injury. acl yeah, absolutely ACL, yeah. yeah and and again i just uh gotta honor God on it. Cause I had no idea what was going on. Was very frustrated at first, you know, like, why did this happen? Having all those thoughts and, you know, but I just immediately was like, all right, there's a reason for this. There's a purpose in this. And I met so many people through that injury that I would have never met before. I was blessed to be able to live on a therapist's couch up in Hollywood and we would drive to Thousand Oaks and it was kind of the team that takes care of Nitro. They have a full clinic up there. So I would go with him at 8 a.m. to work. And then if he couldn't work on me, there were 10 other people like in between, like would come give me therapy and take care of me. And then also got connected with Upgrade Labs in Santa Monica, which is like the biohacking capital. And so right. I'm on all these PEMF machines, uh, you know, red light therapy, doing all this stuff. And I'm like, I literally roll in there on a wheelchair. I'm like, hi guys, I'm a pro skater and I want to get back on my board. Can you think we can heal this quicker than normal? And uh, they were like, I don't know, we'll see. And so again, just created those good relationships and um, yeah, was able to get back on the board and, and stronger than before. Wow. So you don't feel any sort of like residue injury or like a little bit, but you know, it's nothing that still therapy can't work out. You know, I think anytime you have a gnarly surgery like that, there's going to be scar tissue in there. So right. it's just working through those injuries. Yeah. And, but it's not yeah. like, no, yeah, not detrimental. Big, yeah. I mean, I'm skating better than I ever have. So on, yeah, man. it's great. Wow. And what was the biggest thing you learned going through that experience? Just to trust, you know, honestly trust at a deeper level that even when things aren't going the way that you planned in your head, like that was the year that I'd got my first invite to X Games. That was the year we were about to have this massive tour and I had all these goals and things set, but then boom, injury. None of that's gonna happen. Um, I had to learn to trust at a deeper level. You know, if I'm not skating, a lot of times we're not getting paid for competitions or shows, like that's a source of income and just had to rel rely on, on God's faithfulness and provision. And wow. it was beautiful. It was such a beautiful journey. Again, met so many different people, learned a lot and just learned to trust at a deeper level. Wow. Yeah. I was going to ask you this too, and I feel like I should have, I want to ask this more for people going forward. Okay. You know, you're a professional athlete, Yeah. you know, you got the big Instagram, little blue check mark, all these things, <laughs> yeah. you know, how do you stay humble? Cause you're very down to earth, very humble, very like, I, I don't know. I just seem like you're a very genuine person. How do you stay in that and not be like, Oh, I'm in the X games, you know? 
But I'm sure you've met people like that, right? Definitely. And, and I just think, again, it comes back to entitlement. We're no better than anyone else. You know, life is a gift and we all have that opportunity to create something with it. And I just think, man, everyone deserves respect. Everyone deserves the opportunity, you know, and to, to have conversations with people. And, and again, I just think back to like, even Jesus, right? What did he do? What was his ministry? He met people where they were and loved them into who they could be. He never tried to be over people. He never tried to lord it over them. And which is ironic because he's like one of the most famous yeah. figures. If you look at all history, Absolutely. like he didn't want the credit. Yeah, he came to serve, yeah. not to be served. And I right. think I think that's the key to life is like, man, what can I give? How can I give to to this life? How can I give to people that I come in contact with? And not being like, what can I get out of them, but what can I give to them? So when we go and do a show, it's like, man, I want to hang out after the show, sign autographs for everyone, talk to people, get to know them. And you never know what that can do. And I think that came from growing up in a small town, meeting pro skaters and some of them being really cool and some of them not being so cool. And mm. you kind of decide, okay, I don't really want to be a person like that. Like I want to be able to be transparent, to be real, to be vulnerable. And I think the the key to and like deep relationships is our intimacy or intimacy is being real, being honest, being vulnerable. Yeah. And the more you can do that, it's more freeing in a sense too. You don't have to put on a front. And I think a lot of those people that kind of stand up, they're putting on a front. It's not who they really are. And they, a lot of times they don't even know who they are because the more time you spend doing things to try and fit in or look cool, the more time you spend forgetting who you actually are. And so I think one of the keys to that is just remembering who are you? And for us as believers, it's very clear who God's called us to be. Yeah, that's good. Um, Man, there's a couple of different ways. Okay, first one I want to ask you, because so many yeah. directions we go off of Absolutely. that. First one is, all right, so, you know, when you meet your fans yeah. and you're signing autographs, yeah, like what is something that you hear more than once? In either a question people ask you or like something they tell you. Yeah. Uh, can I have your skateboard? That's probably, <laughs> that's probably the most asked one Let's after the There you go. So Dude. you're a lucky one because I don't I always it. do that. Yeah, um, no, uh, one of the things is a lot of them ask, like, how can I be on Nitro Circus or what did you do to get to where Sorry you're Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. We'll get to that. But can you give them your board or like does Nitro pay for like, you know, like in the wish. baseball games? Oh, where, dude, like... I know. I almost want to put a video out before every show. Like we aren't able to give the gear out. Cause, Cause, I'm only cause, not, it, like, cause it's out of your pocket, right? Well, it's out of our pocket. Yeah. And yeah, like they, like, I, I get it. Like I would have asked too. I actually did ask back in the day, like pros for boards. If it comes in the right time, like if they ask at the right time, absolutely. I'll give them a board. What's the right time? Um, maybe the end of tour, or okay. if I have an extra one around, but right. sometimes it's like, we've got a show tomorrow night and it's right. like, I don't have time to set one up and things like that. Right. right but right. if, if it's, if it's possible, you have not, cause you ask not. So you never know. Always yes. ask. Yes. Always ask. Yep. Always ask. ask. And you shall receive. Let's go. Yeah. But so it's kind of just like annoying. Cause like you really only have like one board that you're really active. Yeah. More using. than anything. I feel bad. And a lot of times they're like, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And I'm like, I know, but I wish I could, you know, it's like, yeah, for yeah. sure. But the rationale is cause like, you don't have like a quiver. Of, we don't have. Yeah, yeah exactly. It would be like, ridiculous if we were traveling with hundreds of skateboards right. you know, just for 10 shows. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be like if someone was like, "Hey, Brian, have your podcast mic." Yeah, like no, or like a guitar, like later. a rock star. Hey, can I have your guitar? It's like you know, uh, yeah. yeah. I held one of Jimi Hendrix's guitars. That's in, um In it was in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Wow. Okay. But he was long gone. Yeah. And the guys like, "Don't drop it. This is a seven-figure piece of equipment. Is it? <laughs> wow. Like a multi-million-dollar electric. That's amazing. Yeah. Um. Okay. And then you were saying in terms of like 
advice people are just like how did you make it to this level Mm -hmm. that's what you get mostly yeah how did you make it and and again i just go back to man if you have a dream follow it and stop at nothing until you get there you know go all in on that dream again it's it's a source of inspiration it's been given to you it's a gift and just go after it you never know what you'll create and uh even if you don't make it to the top you'll have a great story and at least you went for it you know yeah wow good Okay, so the next question I wanted to ask you was, and this can be personal, it can be skating, it can be something else, but what do you feel like in your whole life has been the hardest thing, the biggest challenge that you've been dealt, that you've had to deal with or overcome? Yeah, wow. Um, I mean, there's there's been so many injuries, a lot of different things. Um, I think the hardest thing to deal with, and again, it's the daily decisions that really make us who we are, but just being true, being true to yourself, honoring yourself and and the life that you want to create like it's not easy like being able to create your dream i know that's one of the big things that you're that you're you know for and encouraging and why this podcast is relevant and needs to be out on the airwaves is because people need to know that it's possible but they need to know it's also not easy but that shouldn't stop them from trying and i think honestly living out this dream has been one of the biggest struggles it's not easy like people see the tricks they see the lands they see the followers they see the sponsorships but they don't see you know the emails like hey i would love to work with you guys you know are you looking for ambassadors or partners would love to, what your company's about they don't see the time in that they don't see the hundred no's before you get one yes they don't see you know again the struggles of landing a trick and what it takes like i've tried some tricks for 10 years and hadn't figured them out like wow yeah so i think again that's the struggle is creating this life but it's also been the most amazing experience. And um, well, uh, to get on a more tangible struggle, like one of the things I know that you had mentioned, uh, one of the hardest things that I overcame uh, was pornography. I had, on, I had a struggle with that for a Let's long go, time. Dude. And um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that, especially being a guy, like it's always being thrown in your face. For sure. And so how do we do that? And again, yeah. it just comes through being perseverant, being diligent and disciplined to like train yourself to let go of that instant. It's instant gratification is what that is. For sure. And so how do we have the long-term plan and, and, you know, want to honor a family, a wife and yeah. honor God with our lives. Yeah, dude. Thanks yeah. for being open about that. Absolutely. I'm super well. I've done like a three-part series recently on oh, how wow. I quit. That's amazing. Um, yeah. I did like even like one year, no fap too. just like okay. call it monk mode, Monk mode, hard mode. Go. Just I'm yeah. like, dude, I want to keep it in the container for yeah. marriage, you know? Absolutely. That's amazing. Um, yeah. So um, I guess the question was, I going to ask like, how was it before you got married or during? And if so, was your spouse supportive? Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, so really, I think had broken like the stronghold that it had on me before marriage. But even in marriage, like temptations still come up. Yeah. And I remember like a a bit before we got married, I had, I hadn't slip up and was like, man, and, but I called her immediately. And one of my buddies was like, dude, I wouldn't have done that. Like good on you. But I'm like, no, I want to have the deepest relationship I can have with this woman. And she was so supportive. She actually was, she didn't understand it, but she took the time to go and find understanding on what, you know, the attack, what it looks like from a male's perspective and also a female perspective. You know, she talked with other women at the church whose husbands struggle with that too. So she didn't just kind of like shun me out and push me off. She actually like, was like, okay, I want to help you as well. And she's been so supportive through the whole journey and even continues to ask like, how's it going with that? Cause it's, it's tough, you know, on social media, everything is yeah. being thrown at us. I'm sure you feel it too. Oh yeah, man. Especially being a single man. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, being single for sure, but just yeah. in general, like I was had, um, went out with uh, Ryan who we were talking about with yeah. our mutual friends with his wife and another friend. 
and we were just kind of talking about like how diligent he, he was sharing how diligent he is with, yep. you know, you see something in Instagram, yep. you block it, you hide it, you unfollow it. Yep. Cause it's like Instagram, TikTok, yeah. email, every, you can load up my email spam folder. It's oh, it's like, ridiculous. I get an email every day. Dude. I can't unsubscribe. Yeah. I try blocking. It's the yep. same thing. Yep. Hey, Brendan got the pictures for you. Yeah. You don't even have to follow it anymore. It's <laughs> yeah. just chasing after chasing you. Chasing yeah. after you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um. What did you feel like helped you the most in uh, walking that up? I think the most was being honest with myself, yeah. really owning it and being like, all right, this is going to be something that is going to be here, but how do we deal with it? And what do you, what do we want to do? Like, what's the why behind it? Yeah. Am I trying to do it just to get free for myself or because I want to honor God with my life? You know, at the end of the day, that's the biggest thing is like, are we honoring God? Are we honoring the one that gave us this life? Are we, are we seeking out purity for the right reason? Because I think you can do it for the wrong reason and you don't feel true freedom. But wanting to do that and also honor my wife, be a faithful man and have the faith that I can be and, and bringing that back. And I think uh, the biggest key was that being transparent, being real, but having a, having a firm why and, and that why was honor. I want to honor God with my life. I want to honor my wife. And I want to I break that stronghold um, over a generation and over my legacy, my family one day. No, I don't want that to continue to go on. Yeah, that's amazing. Did you meet your wife before? Like, where did you meet your wife? And I'm thinking about your timeline. Okay. Like Australia, skating. Yeah. Like, where did she come in the picture? COVID. Oh, no. Way. COVID relationships. Come so on. I was um, living with a couple of boys from church and then had the opportunity to move into a house. And the house had a back property for where the, the owners come and stay um, just whenever they live in Maryland full time. Actually, it's um, the Pastrana's house. They have a house out here. Oh, nice. And so, um, yeah, my wife was actually in transition on places and living in the back house. Uh, she's cousins with Lindsay. And I moved into the front house and didn't even know anyone was in the back house. Uh, she was out of town on a work trip. And then one day I'm just going in the backyard. There's a lot of fruit trees back there. And uh, she's sitting under an avocado tree, taking the wax off her surfboard. And dude, again, it sounds like a fairy dude, tale. <laughs> I, I say I knew before I knew, but yeah, uh, immediately. And it was just the most organic relationship I've ever experienced or heard of. Like we just were real. We talked owned all of our things, like even brought up the porn to her at that point and was like, this is something I've struggled with for a long time. And she opened up her struggles to me and we just talked. And then we realized like, oh, you like surfing? She taught surf lessons in Maui for like five years and I was wanting to learn to surf. So, oh, let's go surf. Oh, you eat healthy. Let's go, you know, let's go have breakfast. Like we just did things and it was just, it was beautiful, man. I'm so thankful. Wow. Yeah. Do do you feel like you um could have been ready for that type of relationship earlier on and it was more like just meeting her or do you feel like you were working stuff out? I was definitely working stuff out yeah. and, and I'll never forget. And um, I really, I wanted a family for a long time, being single, traveling all over the world. Like I, I've always wanted a family. I've always thought there's such beauty in family. And again, scripture always talks about he who finds a wife finds a good thing, good thing right? Yeah. Like it's, it's just such a beautiful thing to have a family and create relationships. And, but I had to be real with myself and where I was. And so I asked myself, what kind of man do I need to become to be a husband? And I literally wrote it down. I was like writing out, these are the qualities that I would want to see in being a husband. And uh, then I started developing them. I'm like, all right, well, I want to start developing these different qualities. I got to be more honest. I got to be more transparent. I got to be more real. Uh, I got to be faithful. Like these qualities that I wanted to see and, and cultivate. And so I develop. And again, I think a spiritual principle is if you prepare yourself for opportunities, opportunities will present themselves to you. Yes. So kind of like years before with skateboarding, I was prepared for that opportunity to meet Travis and get invited to Nitro. 
that opportunity could have been there, but if I wasn't prepared for it, it wouldn't have presented itself. Same with my wife. You know, I, I had to prepare myself and take that time to, okay, where am I at? I wasn't ready to be a husband, but now I am. And I felt truly ready. And that's when she was presented. That's so funny. There's this saying, it's better to be prepared for an opportunity and not have one mm -hmm. than to have an opportunity and not be prepared. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather have it in my back pocket. Yep. And when it shows up, boom, you're ready. Ready. Yep. Then something comes your way. And you're you're like, like, dang, I wish I would have. Yeah. yeah. I wish mm -hmm. I had set myself up yep. for that, for that woman, for that job, for that opportunity, whatever yep. it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, that's really good. So uh, I have a, uh, on my, I use my notes app on my phone all the time and yeah. I have a couple pinned ones at the top, mm -hmm. like to-do list, a um, couple other ones. But one of them is called my marriage ideal. Come on. Which was from Mark, our mutual yeah. friend who uh, we surf with. And he walked me through this whole concept of like, you look at all your past relationships, mm. taking inventory on yep. the people you've dated, how you've showed up and how you should have showed up. Mm -hmm. And then you don't use it to beat yourself up, but just to learn, like, learn. like you said, like the husbandry, yeah. preparing. Yeah. And so I have a list of like all the qualities that I'm focused on building in myself. Come on. Yeah. You know? That's and, amazing. Yeah, dude. That's huge. And so for me, and it's funny because uh, we were talking about this morning with yeah. Samuel, uh -huh. um, the, the one that's number one for me is emotional manageability, emotional stability, being the rock. Yeah. You know, being that one who's rooted foundationally mm -hmm. to, and that's like leadership too, like staying yeah. calm and like, and even athleticism, like, how do I stay calm when the money's not coming in, when right. injury hits, like yeah. staying emotionally grounded and being solid. Yep. So that was for sure my number one. I'm curious for you, uh -huh. you know, when you were like walking through stuff, preparing for your wife, now wife, what did you feel like was the main thing that you were uh, needing to work out? I, I felt like the main thing was just also, sacrifice as well like living on the road and i think covid taught me that you know we were shut down so we weren't able to tour no events were happening and so again that was the time like i could like kind of really sacrifice and be like okay well now i have time to have a relationship i'm not traveling eight months out of the year you know so we were hanging out and was just learning these things but also that in sacrifice it's actually usually not god trying to take something from you but actually give something back to you that's even better so with that comes, you know, with anything, right? It's like if you wake up before your spouse and you make her a cup of coffee, it's not taking time away from you. You're actually investing in that relationship. And so you just totally get like a whole new transformation of your mind on what it's like and life can be. And the more we can give, again, give and it will be given unto you. It's like it's not a sacrifice to take us out. It's a sacrifice to build us up. And as we continue to give in our relationships, it makes them so much deeper, so much more meaningful and really gives life purpose. Wow. That's good. Yeah. So, um, you know, we talked about the marriage, we talked about we didn't really get into like the meat of your career because I feel okay. like we were getting into like yeah. Australia. So walk, catch me up from like you go to that event. Yep. You know, that's a powerful experience, like seeing the crash and yeah, like, okay, I'm allowed to crash. Yep, I'm allowed to crash. Well, so what were, like, <laughs> tell me about your career over, you know, from there. Yeah, so did a few years just nitro, you know, traveling. We would travel Australia, New Zealand, Europe, and man, I always wanted to travel the world. Never thought I would travel as many places as I did at that young age, you know, being 18, 19, 20, going to more countries than I could count. And uh, man, it was just such a beautiful experience. And then started doing some competitions. Like we had mentioned the simple session contest. It's a huge event in Estonia and ended up winning best trick three years in a row um, with some tricks that I was really proud of tricks that I'm kind of the only one in the world that's ever done. And so then hard, Bondi, Australia, I'm skating with my heroes at, on a, 
at a bowl on the beach and it's just like man you look over the surf's pumping like the sun's out everyone's just loving life and it's beautiful and uh yeah set the high air record at that contest and then got to compete in the x games which was the dream and um man it's been such a wild ride had so many fun experiences in that and uh yeah it's it's again i just feel like still kind of just the beginning even though i'm 28 i feel like we're just right in the in the honey hole if you will like yeah. man it's time it's game time so yeah and, and like when you were traveling around the world yeah other than the u.s like what international countries did you find the fans were most excited or passionate about they seeing? love it in australia australia they love it it's almost like 20 years back like when x games was popping in the early 2000s like that's yeah. kind of how it is still in australia and wow. even the government backs it like there's so many skate parks blowing up there like it's a it's a beautiful place nice yeah is that why do you think that is I, I really think it's just because the opportunity for them now, you know, it's like, they're seeing like, wow, you can make a living being an action sports athlete. So they're like, all right, let's go all in on it. Let's create events. Let's create skate parks. Let's like build up our, our economy with the uh, action sports. And it, it's cool to see that. Whereas I think America kind of like almost tried to squeeze an, as much as they can out of it. Like they're, they're just like, they want to feed it. And I think what right. you feed will continue to grow. That's good. Yeah. Got it. Um, wow. Dude, what a ride, man. And you're only 28. So you like, yeah. what, what do you want to accomplish in your career that you haven't yet? Man, um, I, I just want to keep, keep progressing, keep doing things that no one thought was possible. I, I think I have like maybe 10 or 12 tricks that I've been the only one in the world to do. And I want to keep doing that. And I want to keep building up other people. More recently in the past few years, again, with that injury, I had opportunities to do speaking events and get into more public speaking, speaking with youth groups and churches and also uh, schools and things like that. And I just really have a passion, man. I just feel so blessed to have been able to live out my dream yeah. and I'm still dreaming, still living. I, I want to encourage every person I come in contact with, like to go all in on that dream. Like, what is it you have in your heart that you know, that you feel that you're on this earth to do? And to go for it, just trust it and, uh, you know, require, take that sacrifice of what, you know, you're going to have to say no to and what you need to say yes to and, and do it, just go for it. And I, I really want to inspire more people in that. And I feel like that's what my calling is now. It's like to keep going, keep being an inspiration for others that they, they can do it too. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the biggest thing that holds people back from going all in on their dreams the way you have? Um, I think fear, but I think it's a rational fear. I don't think they've sat down and given the fear the the time of day it needs like they're like oh i'm scared but i don't know what i'm scared of yeah so they're kind of, it's like the fear of the unknown but they're not willing to go in and do the work that it takes to what is that unknown because mm -hmm. it's always there and we, we even talked this morning about like some of the fears like in this next season of life that i'm going through and it's like okay well i need to first declare them and then i need to figure out the plan to overcome it and i think that's what a lot of people aren't willing to do they want to just mask it you know it's same why do people go to drugs and alcohol? They want to mask this, you know, pain they're feeling. But I think you have more pain than not if you if you do that rather than facing that fear and rising above. And I think that can help a lot of people out as if they're willing to acknowledge the fear, not think there's no fear, like acknowledge, okay, no, this fear is real, but it's not enough to limit you. Like you can overcome it. You can use that fear to overcome and become more aware of what you're surrounding and then get resourceful and creative. I think we all have the ability, like these obstacles aren't there to prevent us. They're there. How can we overcome them? How can we move forward? How can we look and say, man, that mountain, it looks huge, but I'm going to climb that thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. There's an exercise called fear grid. Mm -hmm. uh, no fear setting. 
Okay. Shoving. And you basically write down the thing you're scared of. Yeah. You write down, and there's three columns. One is like, what am I scared of? Worst case scenario. And then, um, oh no, it's like worst case scenario. So you like write like, what's the worst thing that would happen from actually taking this risk? Yeah. Then there's prevention. Okay. And you write out all the ways to actually prevent the worst case scenario. Yeah. How can I actually go after my dream? Let's say, but like not blow up my life. Yeah. Right. Like have a savings account, have this, right. like blah, blah, blah. And then the last one is repair. So let's say I go after the dream and the worst case scenario happens. Like, how could I actually get my life back on track? Wow. Yeah. And so what you're doing is you're actually just like putting the big fear that's like sort of like stuffed down. You don't even really know what you're scared of. Yeah. Just on a piece of paper. Yeah. And you're like, okay, that's actually not that bad. Yeah. Like, even if it yeah. goes all wrong, yeah. I can still repair. Because in our mind, we don't want to think about it. Yeah. You know, we want to just push it away to like, oh, it's not real. Like, and then just go distract ourselves, right? We want to get distracted. Yeah. And then I think it's one of those things. Like, the moment you get distracted, then you get discouraged from your dream because yeah. you're distracted from it. And you're like, oh, man, can it really happen? And then you just kind of ignore it and you push it away. But something in your soul still wants to achieve it. So, again, I think if you can on like honor that fear for a sense, like have reverence for it, be like, okay, now that fear is legit. All right. How real is it, though? Is it as scary as I think it is? Or if I write it down, is it going to be like looking not as scary? Is it not going to look as big? Am I going to be able to see an angle that I didn't see before I wrote it down? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's good. Um, all right. So you can take out a billboard. Okay. In San Diego. Yeah. Completely free of charge. Ooh. What do you put on it? Downtown or even on the border. Even on the border. Millions of people are going to see this thing. I think honestly, and I wrote a book about it, live, just live L I V E. Yeah. Too many people aren't living. Yeah. Honestly, people are just going through the motions. They're numb in their relationships, but I think life is in the living. We got to be passionate. We got to live life. And I broke that word into an acronym, learn, inquire, visualize, execute. It's a, it's powerful. I think Life is a gift and we need to live it. And too many people are just settling, you know, for, oh, I need to get by. I need to get bills paid. But there's so much more to life. And I think if we can learn, what can we learn? What can I learn about skateboarding? What can I learn about relationships? What can I learn about making an impact in this world? How can I inquire? How can I go deeper and figure out what does that actually mean? What are the hows? What are the whys to like the formulas to success? There's formulas to it. You know, there's spiritual principles in play. How can I visualize it? Because if you can see it in your mind, you'll be able to achieve it in your life and then bring it in to execute. You know, do the work, do the work day in and day out. All right, I need to execute on this visualization that I just had. And then it compound effect. You'll live a life beyond anything you could have asked or imagined. That's God's faithfulness to you if you just go and live. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was going to ask, like, what do you think is the biggest thing that holds people back from truly living? I mean, Fear, right? Again, fear. Yeah, yeah, I think it's fear and, and fear of what other people think too. You know, we're, we're so constantly worried about what other people are going to think about us. And again, like I said, the more time you spend doing things to fit in, the more time you spend forgetting who you actually are. And then when you come to that, that's why we have identity crisis in America. That's why yeah. people don't know who they are. We have anxiety. We have depression. We have all these things that people are trying to mask. It's really, they just don't know who they are. But I think the more, again, I think skating being an outcast as a kid, like skateboarding was not popular when I was a kid, but I wasn't going to let that stop me from doing it. I didn't care that I wore different shoes or different clothes. Like I wanted to be a skateboarder. And so I was willing to have that. And then even in the skate culture, a lot of times I don't necessarily look like a skater, but I still skateboard and I love it. And it's who I am. I'm not going to compromise who I am to fit some mold that people are going to have of me.
And uh, again, it requires breaking out of your shell. It, it requires being kind of a, you know, on your own for a time in a season, like, man, all right, time and time again, there's been times in my life where I'm like, man, am I the only one that really believes in this? And um, thankful now to have a wife who believes in me almost as more, more than I believe in myself at times. It's been such a gift and kind of like we were talking this morning, it's like a, a rocket ship. It's like wings under me. It's like, man, that empowers me because this woman believes in me, man, I can do this. And uh, it's good to not go at it alone and have a tribe around you. And I think if I could encourage people, have that tribe, be real, you know, be wise with your circle. Don't tell your dreams to everyone. Tell them only to those that really believe in you and have the best interest for you. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Same thing when you're like working something out. Yep. You know, vulnerably, don't just go tell everyone. Yeah. Don't ask for advice and open up to unsafe people. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. So I want to ask you, do you remember the shoes Airwalks? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I got them when I was like in fifth grade (laughs) because I thought they looked so cool. Yeah. Never skated, never did any of this stuff. Okay. And uh, I just love them. And so I had a pair and I had just gotten um, surgery on my leg. Okay. Only surgery I ever had in my life. Wow. And everything's fine. But I'm on crutches Uh and I'm at some dinner party and like my mom's friend comes over. We're talking for a few minutes. She looks at the shoes, the airwalks. Yeah. And she's like, oh, um, are those like the hospital shoes that they gave you because of your surgery? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome dude skate shoes back in the day looked huge yeah i love crazy i thought it was so cool oh yeah i had they my were. first pair of airwalk yeah yeah go on do you clock how fast you go on the skateboard um on the mega ramp we're going well 35 miles an hour we're, wow. we're jumping about 70 feet in distance and then 20 feet over a 28 foot ramp so we're going big because my boosted board yeah. is electric, and I think it says twenty four. Okay, the stealth. Yeah, fast. That's so quick. Twenty four is fast. Twenty four is fast. Thirties. So add ten to that. Yeah. Yeah, that's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Wow, dude. All right. So, um, as we start to like wind down here a little bit, um, anything else that you feel like you want to share with the audience? I, I mean, you give so much value. You give so much wisdom. Anything like fun or anything else you just want to kind of from your story that I missed. Yeah. I think if I could give myself any advice, it would be again, to trust at a deeper level and enjoy the process, enjoy the journey. I think we can get so fixated on the goal that we miss the beauty. Like, man, life is in the now it's in the process of the journey and just being in the moment and wherever you're at in this journey, if it's good, if it's bad, like feel the bad, really feel it, take it in and be like, okay, what is this? But don't dwell on it and put it in it. Let it put you in a bad state. Use it to be aware and find the good in it. I think all the time we can find good or bad. It's, it's our perspective. And I love that quote. Um, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And so if we can just change our perspective, no matter where we're at, it can give us the ability to see and create you know, what we want in our lives. And, but we have to be aware of where we're at, but enjoy the moments, enjoy the ride, enjoy the journey. A lot of times when we're fighting for something that we believe in, we can get so pressed on fighting, but we forget to enjoy the fight, enjoy the moment, the battle, like, man, I'm in the moment I'm living. We're here. Like, enjoy that. Go all in on it. Yeah, this is one of those episodes that I go back and listen to, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it's funny because people are like, you know, I'm driving in my Tesla and I got the Brendan Burns license plate for my <laughs> I have a podcast custom plate now. There you go. And then I got this iPad screen playing my own podcast. People think I'm like probably the most egotistical guy, <laughs> but it's I listen to my own show, not me talking. Yeah. But like for you, like I want to redigest this because mm. you gave a lot 
Like, I feel like there's a touch on you, whether it's now after skating or same during to really like spread this inspirational message mm. that goes so much deeper, even than your athleticism, which Thank is you. its own world-class gift. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like equally, if not on a higher mantle is this ability to inspire Wow, and really touch people's hearts and lives. And like, I'm sitting here feeling challenged in a positive way. How do I live deeper? How do I go further? How do I conquer more fears? So it's like a real blessing to be able to do this. Yeah. Cause you know, we connected a little bit offline, but I didn't know how good this was going to come out. And wow. I'm just really grateful to have you here. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, definitely want to create some space now to share like everything about, let me get the board. Okay. Yeah, so definitely. You, you showed up. Yeah. At my house with this incredible skate. So what, let's walk. What is, what do we got going on here? We got the skating beaver. This was one of my first pro model boards, still going strong. I was like, I want a beaver. I used to wear a blue helmet all the time, throwing up a shaka. And uh, that's what we got from the artist, and it came out beautiful. That's amazing. So are there different types of skateboards? Obviously, there yeah. are. Like, what type of board is this? This is kind of like an all-terrain board. It's a uh, Reliance Skateboards is the brand. So uh, that's the brand we ride for. And uh, it's a faith-based brand. And uh, it's, a, I think, an 825. So if you're willing to put trucks on it, you can skate it. Or I can sign it, and you can hang it on the wall. Yeah, dude, let's definitely it. get an autograph. Yeah. On. Well, you know what I like to do? I do both. Okay. So I like to, like, I've gotten like autographs um, on like jerseys and hats from athletes. Yeah. And then I like wear them every day. That's good. Until the signature like fades. wears off. So I'll have yeah. to find you again. There we go. <laughs> Keep writing it. Yeah. But dude, this is, I really appreciate it. This is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. What's up, guy? Look at this. Beaver Fleming, the legend, the living <laughs> legend. Yep. <laughs> um, so yeah, talk a little bit about where people can find you and follow you and get yeah. plugged into Nitro and everything you're doing. Absolutely. Right now we're currently on tour with Nitro Circus. We're touring in the U.S. till about September. I think we're doing a New Zealand tour next year. That's in the works right now. And um, yeah, we've got some contests coming up, but you can find me at Beaver Fleming, beaverfleming.com, at Beaver Fleming on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. And uh, and you can find me at the skate park if you're here in Carlsbad. Come we'll, be, on. we'll be hanging out, skating, and uh, yeah, living the dream. Beaver Fleming, thanks again yeah. so much for coming on the show, man. Thank you. Appreciate you. Bless you guys. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Brendan Burns Show. If it's your first time here, please make sure to subscribe on the Apple Podcasts app or in Spotify. Also, please leave us a rating or written review. This helps others learn about the show and spread the word to new and more people. Thanks again for listening, and have a great day.